Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Well, it's a beautiful spring day outside. Huh, I wonder how it is over there in Washington. You ask a silly question. You know, that storm has been there since January for some reason. Not gonna worry about that today. But actually, I did see a documentary not too long ago called Straight Outta Oakland. It dealt with the idea of three different pro sports teams on their way out for some reason. I think one's called the Warriors, the second one is called the Raiders, and the other one is, well, still hanging in there called the Athletics, but they're on their way out, probably going to Montreal or some bullshit. I mean, you know, in the end, it all comes down to money. It's amazing that, you know, the living has gotten better over there in Oakland, but, you know, the city's just too poor to go ahead and afford to keep those pro sports together. I mean, renovations aren't enough, mostly because all three teams wanted new stadiums, and the city couldn't afford it. It's it's just odd to see that that city is losing so much, but then again, I think we're all losing a lot in 2017. Well, not really, because... Welcome to the J-Man Show, here on... K360 Radio. J360 Legion, have no fear, Jay is here, and it's good to be back on the show for another Thursday again. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I said Wednesday, you know, with the way things are going, I might as well just move the show on Thursday. And, you know, I do collect a lot of news around this point, so yeah, maybe we'll just go with Thursday for a little while, and then next season, maybe I can go ahead and change it up. But we'll see how things go. I mean, after all, I am doing a lot, you know, reconstructing shows, writing new shows, and preparing the films for filming, and and of course, taking care of my final exam. So, yes, I still have a lot of things going on. But you know what? That's the thing. I'm just planting seeds. I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done this year so next year I can just go ahead and do all the fun stuff that I didn't get done this year. You know what I'm saying? Just keeping the train moving. And that's what you want to do, you know? Because if you hold yourself up, you know, you're going to have this turn into a backlog that mixes up with next year's backlog. Because you're always going to have something on top of something, and you really don't want that. You want things to have that smooth transition and work out a lot better than what's going on over in um, our nation's capital. But you know what, though? The thing about it is, is this. I'm glad that we still have healthcare, but I'm not happy with the idea that they pretty much sold out internet privacy. For every win it seems we get, there's a loss. We managed to maintain Obamacare. For those of us that actually benefit from it well, you know, outside of those that really find out the flaws in it, it's not a perfect system by any means, but at least we have. But you gotta figure this, for every time that there's a new hope, there is an Empire Strikes Back moment. And that internet privacy thing is part of it, but there's a lot more going on with it. And not only that, the way that Trump is acting, 
You know, he didn't go against Paul Ryan per se, but you know who did, right? Judge Janine Pirro. Did y'all see that when she pretty much was calling out Paul Ryan and demanding he step down? I'm like, who the hell is she to do that kind of stuff? And how did she get a show on Fox News? I remember watching her daytime court show. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't the best. Hell, that title goes to Judge Millian. Now, she can pretty much get stuff done. And maybe Judge Judy, but I think Judge Judy's getting kind of long in the tooth, you know what I mean? But she was old when the show started. But she would still give her point across, but I think Judge Million has it going on. But I digress. Just be wise with what's going on with your internet browsing. Even though I'm sure a lot of you are just trolling the government and everything else right now. By just looking up every piece of crazy shit you can. And then there's a lot of you that are actually smart and know how to go about this whole thing. And a lot of y'all are looking into ways of maintaining your privacy so like i said i don't think we really had internet privacy i think now it's just pretty much blatant and being thrown out there to where they really can do stuff about it and they don't care but you know i digress and i'm not gonna go ahead and do a trump watch this week because i'm really waiting for something beyond stupid to happen and more or less they're talking about nunez right now and that seems to be the ongoing thing that's just a sign of the collapse and well the title of today's episode is the great downfall so so you're seeing a pattern where the well-oiled machine he was talking about is in fact rusty. It's a completely out of control as far as I know. And I'm not even going to take the time to clown Paul Ryan because, well, I've already done it with two pictures on Instagram and I don't need to go any further than that. Wait, maybe I'll give you a mini one. Speaking of Trump, he's got another agenda and his family members finally got their White House offices, so nepotism. And he's trying to get his baby hands on a finite resource. I think you'll know it as coal. Let me go on to think about coal for a minute. Coal is a fossil fuel. It's a finite resource. You cannot depend on it. I don't know why the hell they still want to go on ahead and make us thrive off of that stuff. It was marketable back in the day, but nowadays we need alternative fuel sources. We need to look into other ways to benefit our energy crisis other than just trying to dig and dig and dig and just destroy our planet. Matter of fact, that's where that EPA gag order comes to effect. So keep in mind that all this shit is connected. And I I just don't see it. I see like us, we need to get away from coal and oil. We need to use something else. But you know what though? That'll come in the future after all this storm done pass over. And as far as I know is it's not going to pass over anytime soon. We got to ride these four years out. And damn if it's not going to be one hell of a ride. But however... I'm going to make this more of a fun-filled episode for all of you now. So, I'm going to bring back a segment for all of you. Reintroducing the J360 Question of the Week. March is almost over. As a matter of fact, we got one day until it all ends. So, which movie was the best for March this year, huh? Was it Logan, King Kong, Beauty and the Beast, or Power Rangers? Now, this poll is going to be on our Twitter page at J360 Productions. So, you can vote on this, and it'll run until next Tuesday. And let me just say that viewer interaction is a very important aspect of all J360 shows. So when I do the J-Man show, you know, believe it or not, all of you listeners out there, you do play a role in how things go. And the results from this poll will be addressed on the next J-Man show. So feel free to participate at any time. If you want to go on ahead and explain some things, you know, send us an email at j360productions at outlook.com. You know, and we'll get back to you and... If it's really good, then we'll put it on the show. Speaking of movie news right now, the all-new Spider-Man Homecoming trailer dropped on Tuesday. And it gave us a good look at the life of Teen Parker again, showing his upcoming battle with the Vulture and dynamic with Iron Man. 
So if you haven't seen this yet, you know, go take a look at what follows. You might just like it. I'm not going to spoil or analyze it because a lot of my um, compatriots on the Potter and family are already doing that. And I'm just too excited to even do it. However, I am going to go ahead and talk about this rumor that's going on from Sony Pictures themselves. Allegedly that they are planning to pull Spidey back into their own Spider-Verse idea that we've long thought since dead. At least after the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel. This might be my take on it, but it seems like that the confidence boost given to Amy Pascal has awakened that insanity that's inside of her mind. Allegedly after Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, they're going to reel him back into their idea. I, I guess because they, they feel confident enough that the idea of a solo Venom movie is selling so well amongst for all of us that they are now confident to go ahead and think, hey, let's do a movie for Black Cat and Silver Sable, and while we're at it, we can bring Spidey, Peter Parker's Spider-Man, back into the fold and everything else. We can go ahead and grow our Spider-Verse again and then pretty much do what we like to do. I'm only saying that as for instance, but I'm thinking this unless Marvel makes a deal, which they have done, and probably see how this joint venture will do, maybe it's just a rumor for right now. Though I wouldn't put it past Amy Pascal. If you really study up on her, you know what kind of person. You see, the thing is, is some of us were won over by that Venom movie. We forgot how Sony Pictures love to shoot themselves in the foot. Remember, for all the jokes that you can make on Paramount, Universal, and any other company that's not up there with Disney and Warner Brothers right now, you'll know Sony Pictures when you see it. Because remember, they got hacked for a reason and all of their movies leaked out and pretty much pissed off everybody. Like, I'm not even talking about the North Korea hack per se. I'm just talking about like how they really annoyed a lot of people with the way they carried themselves. Not to mention Ghostbuster fans. Now, they're the ones that really feel the pinch. Even though after seeing the movie, it doesn't bother me as much because... I know it wouldn't hold a candle to the original one from 1984 anyway. And hell, it barely holds one to Ghostbusters 2. And Ghostbusters 2 has a lot of flaws to it. But I mean, I gotta commend them for saying, It doesn't matter. We're gonna go ahead and do a Ghostbusters 2016 sequel whether you like it or not. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it is what it is. But go but But going back into it though. They've been trounced for years prior for a reason. And you remember how they handled the Amazing Spider-Man series, right? They attempt to have us wait until 2018 for the Amazing Spider-Man 3 because they wanted to do that Sinister Six movie so bad. And in doing so, did, did they cut the trailer for this? Because it seemed like they spoiled quite a lot of the movie. You know, but they're letting us know in a way, I guess, that Peter doesn't wear the super suit that he got from Civil War throughout the whole film. Now, I know what they're trying to sell with that. Does the man make the suit? But that could have been left for us to see in the actual movie. You know what I mean? That would have been a good surprise for all of us. But in a way, by doing that, they're showing that Peter's going to step into his own as Spider-Man. And So, I I'm not too mad about the movie itself coming out. But the thing is, it just came out, you know? It it's not even in theaters yet making money. And already, this rumor comes up. It's just the time factor about this is way too convenient. What Sony Pictures ought to do is understand that Marvel is taking the character into another direction. There's already the spider embargo going on. Whereas certain villains are not going to make it to the MCU unless they work out a deal. Which is damn near annoying in its own right. The way they have went about with the Amazing Spider-Man films is... Is that, you know, I was really just not going to give a damn about the Spider-Man movies after a while. I was just going to wait until they come out on Redbox... Because what I was going to do was, I was going to just read the comics, 
you know, play the video games and just read news, but I wouldn't invest in the films until they come to Redbox. But that is before I joined the Pattern family and started J360 Radio. And so my ideals have changed. You know, I stopped being a quote-unquote purist fan and just being pretty much what I am now. You know, a filmmaker with wide opinions and just having optimism and just saying, okay, well, let's see what they do this time. I mean, he just got into the MCU and pretty much is having his firm introduction ever since the Civil War movie. And this is the pickup from that. I mean, already the movie is great. I mean, you you got Vulture, you have Shocker. It seemed like Vulture has an axe to grind against Iron Man, but hell, who doesn't? This is the MCU. Everybody has a grudge against Iron Man some way or another. Hell, even Hank Pym does against Howard Stark. As a matter of fact, he said that in Ant-Man. He's been trying for years to keep the Pym particles away from a Stark. That plot point there, it's interesting. But, you know, in the end, maybe it shows that Peter is not necessarily needing to rely on Stark. Which is cool and true to form because Spidey has always been independent of the other heroes as well as working with them. It's interesting, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's true to the dynamic of the character. So, let it play. Greatness is in the cards for the direction of this character right now. And if the allegations from Sony Pictures is true, this is pretty much playing the licensing card. You know, I know his presence... And those solo character films that they're trying to do will push the profits and allow Sony to make all the money they need from Spider-Man. You know, especially as the press has been good so far. You know, Venom is a moneymaker. The fact that they tried to shoehorn him in Spider-Man 3 is a good example. They understand that, but Sam Raimi didn't want to put Venom in the movie. He didn't care for the symbiote characters. And to be understood about how the metamorphosis is for Venom to make, you know, Spider-Man to make Venom... Venom to make Carnage, it's understandable. That's why they need their own movie. You can't just shoehorn them into a multi-big-budgeted film like that, especially when the movie's already running over two hours. And I'm talking where you have multiple characters, go-nowhere plot, second-type stories, B-story everywhere, and do it in the sloppiest way possible where the character's name isn't even mentioned. However... If this whole thing is true, it's just too convenient for Pascal to make these comments at the height of Spidey's next film. At least for me. Now, it might be different for all of you. Maybe some of you out there probably want Sony to have full control. Because I'm like, mm, no. Let the movie sell. See what profits can come in. Enjoy the deal that you have with Marvel. And let it ride out. You know what I'm saying? That would be the smart thing because, see, little licensing like this kind of ruins fun for everybody. For a while there, we didn't even think Spider-Man was going to make it into Marvel vs. Capcom 3 because of shit like this. It's just insane how some people will take leverage on a deal and just twist it around to where nobody can do anything. Take a good look at Dick Tracy. But be that as it may, outside of me saying to let the movie sell first, you know... They could go ahead and use Miles Morales as their Spider-Man, to be honest with you. I think Miles' fan base is not exactly as big as Peter's, but it's close now. You know, his press has been so well, and they could easily do a Miles Morales live-action film. I mean, they're already doing an animated film, unless that's been shelved. But yeah, his press and his response is pretty good so far. Uh, you know, uh, wait, 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 before I go any further, this is the day of the strong female lead, isn't it? You know what everybody's been complaining about? Having a strong female lead? They could use Spider-Gwen or Silk. 
you know what what about if what if spider gwen faces silver sable or a black cat or what if silk faced both of them amy pascal's a feminist why not you know what i'm saying these movies are usually based around the what if principle anyway technically all movies they should try these new ideas of course there's nothing like seeing eddie brock <laughs> facing peter parker because eddie brock and the symbiote have an edge to grind against peter parker and I totally understand that dynamic. I really do. Their best Spider-Man movie to me was Spider-Man 2 when he took on Dr. Octopus. But like I said before, this isn't an entire Spider-Man episode. We're only talking about it because this is what's going on in the news right now. Now, just to end that on a good note, it comes out July 7th. And I'm going to be there. And I'm going to see the whole thing. Either in RPX or IMAX. I don't care. I'm not going to watch it on the regular screen. And I'm just going to take it all in. But moving forward, though. In episode 16, I redeemed three films due to how time and nostalgia can affect our judgment. Now, I managed to locate another one from the shelves. And I don't know if I'll polarize my fan base by explaining what this film is. Or even mentioning the title. But here it goes. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Yep, yep. I will attempt to redeem this film. And I'm sure those of you are probably wondering why. And Well, you know, I like having challenges. And the idea is, is that this movie is not a good movie at all. Matter of fact, I'm a big fan of the Highlander series. You know, from the movies, the TV show, and the animated series that was on the USA Network for a short time. Great series, by the way. So if you ever, like, take the time to look that up. Take the time, look it up, and watch it. You will enjoy every minute of it. If anything, the Highlander series was a hallmark of the 80s back in the day, so they decided to bring it into the 90s, this time by throwing Connor McCloud into the future. Uh, the plot is just kind of hackneyed. I mean, it's kind of like your average dystopian type sci-fi movie. They, Earth has a pollution problem from the atmosphere, and then... They created some sort of shield to cover it and turn it into a all intentions for goodness turned to evilness. And the corporation that McLeod worked for to design the shield, you know, they ended up using the, the thing to promote evil intentions and endeavors. You know, generic. But, you know, it's not the plot of the film. It's the fact of what goes on in the film. Because sometimes even I draw a total black. It's like a sequel of sorts. Not so much, because if you watch it behind Highlander 1, you'll be like, what the hell is going on? You know, and he's battling another group of immortals led by Micro Ironsize, a.k.a. General Katan in the film. And keep in mind, he does have help in this film from Sean Connery, even though he died in the first movie. And the movie attempted to provide an origin for the immortals as aliens from a distant planet. Remember, continuity doesn't matter much in the Highlander film, so... This gets better. Now, for the most part is, is that there's been five cuts of this film. And the main one I'm trying to redeem is the one called the Renegade Edition, which is the director's cut. That one, for all its intentions, attempted to right the wrongs of the first edition. You know, there were extra scenes involved and the alien subplot didn't matter. The immortals were just immortal. Now, this cut of the film does achieve its goals to the point, but also, it's like, how many times can you do the same movie over without causing more mistakes? And it does. Like, sometimes, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what General Katana's main goal is. I mean, is it to take over the world? Is it the quickening, or is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't know what his goal is. I do know that Connor McCloud's goal is dealing with that energy shield and shutting it down. You know, as to provide like the natural balance of the Earth and restore that again but either way it's like the earth was being polluted so they created it in general you know what that's that's why the plot doesn't make any sense but the thing is whereas the plot fails the action sequences are awesome like the sword fights in this movie are great like there's even a fun one where Connor McCloud's on a hoverboard and he's battling against the two assassins he managed to kill the one first these two would later be in the matrix movies as the twins but he managed to kill the first one, and then he stole his hoverboard, and the other one was flying with hover wings, and they were just battling it out on that um, dystopian set. It's really cool, the way they were doing it. And even for the 90s, it looks futuristic to a point. Like, if you ever check it out, you know, I think I might just go ahead and give you a link to the clip <laughs> down at the bottom in the description so you can all see it. It, it, is, it is something to be experienced. Put it that way. If there's one thing to say about Highlander 2, it is laughable and epic at the same time with the way the battles are constructed. It's one of those films that you watch when you need an action fix. The plot about the Earth being surrounded by a shield causing darkness yet protecting the environment, it doesn't matter. But if you want to see some wild action scenes, explosions, and Michael Ironside joyride a bullet train, I am not making this up, this is your movie. Now, while it is a bad movie for a lot of people, it belongs as a guilty pleasure for me. I'm just redeeming it as a popcorn flick. I'm redeeming it as like a movie that, you know, any sort of sense of reality that you have, and I know a lot of y'all depend on that because you love realism in your movies, this is not that movie. You have to check out on that. You know, I'm going to do more of these redemptions as the show grows, and it's debatable whether this is actually number five or not. Yeah, I said number five because I remember back in the day, I did redeem Spider-Man 3, so that's technically the first one. But this this movie here, it is questionable because it's not a good movie by any means. It's not a movie that wins awards. This movie here is pretty much just one of those movies that's like, you know, when you look at it on sci-fi, you don't give a damn about the plot, but you admire what they put in and what they're trying to do. Well, Highlander 2, I gotta say that, you know, I admire what they're trying to do with the film. But, you know, as many times you can go ahead and recut and redo this any way you want, something's gotta give. And I guess that alien subplot was something that they were really thriving on, you know, as a way of just making sense. Because General Katana, and at least that cut, was after Ramirez and Connor McCloud, you know, for betraying the order. But if you look at, like, the Renegade version, pretty much he's just there... Connor's there. Ramirez somehow comes back to life. I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. And this, this is through subsequent rewatches. I'm trying to figure that out, but I don't know. You know, it, it is what it is. But I heard that there were a lot of problems on set, but there's problems on any movie set. But still, though, when you look at, like, Highlander 2, The Quickening, don't expect anything short of just a giant action movie. Lots of sword play, lots of fighting. Hell, I mean, if anything, it's kind of like Beowulf with Christopher Lambert in it from 1999 is the spiritual cousin of this film. 
sure, everything's been updated to a point where it's in a post-apocalyptic type type feel, and then there's just a lot of crazy action sequences, but there's really no bearing on a true plot in those films. You know what I'm saying? And even if you did, it'd be very, very thin. Hell, it'd be damn near anorexic to see exactly how it lives up to the source material. So, you know. Highlander 2. Redeemable or not redeemable? Let's see. For, for me on the J-Men show, I would redeem it as a popcorn flick. So, this will be your number five. And don't worry, it's not because of credibility and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, you know, just watch the film from beginning to end as the Renegade version and see if you like it. Because, see, the Renegade version does try to remedy the first cut. The first cut, if you watch it, don't even look no further for any substance or stuff like that. You just laugh at that film. That film is comedy. But this film right here, you know, not so bad. You know, not as bad as anybody else tries to make it out to be. It's just it's just a funny film, you know what I mean? It's just one of them films that you sit back, you enjoy the action sequences, you know, the quickening that happens in the movie are just awesome. Like, the graphics are there, but it's just the idea of why you need a strong story. And they put him in the future because, you know, they couldn't just keep him in present time. You know what I'm saying? So, one way or another, you know, you know why it is. And plus, when you watch, like, Highlander 3, The Sorcerer, or it's called it's called something, The Final Dimension 2. Yeah, see what I'm saying? It's different cuts for that as well. Like, it's Highlander 3, and then there's Highlander, The Sorcerer, and then there's Highlander, The Final Dimension, which is the same movie. And it's the third movie, technically, in the Highlander series, and it pretty much tries to retcon this film, is what it is. And then you have, like, Highlander Endgame, and then you have Highlander The Source, and nobody liked The Source, because it was pretty much a made-for-TV movie. I mean, people liked it because Adrian Paul was in it. You know, taking off after Highlander 4. But the whole thing about Highlander The Source was... The whole thing was a dream by Duncan McCloud. Like how eventually he'll have his humanity and... Well, not humanity, but mortality and, you know, have a family and all that sort of thing. It, it, if you compare that one to Highlander 2, Highlander 2 wins. Just because everything about... Highlander the Source, even the even the battle sequences were pretty sluggish in the Source. At least in Highlander 2, it was it was brilliant. But I also said it was a made-for-TV movie, so, you know, you can only do so much with those anyway. But, yeah, trust my judgment on this, you know. You, some of y'all like to watch films that are so bad they're good, and Highlander 2, that is a clear candidate for it. You know, and while constructing this week's show, I've seen plenty of wild stuff lately. Oh, by the way, I hope you're all enjoying your top brand beverages out there because they are currently in a $750 million boycott with YouTube. Mm-hmm. In terms of advertising, remember when YouTube became advertiser-friendly and it kind of put a pinch on content creators on that website, you know, in, in hopes of gaining money for their hard-working videos? Well, yeah. Pretty much they're doing an ad boycott against, you know showing their advertising on certain videos that they deem inappropriate. Like, say, like, you got, like, a video out there that has, you know, content that's risque, 
Well, you see, the thing is, it varies amongst people. Like, you might be telling your message one way, somebody takes it another way, and pretty much all these advertisers are really, really sensitive, and once again, they're dictating to YouTube, and YouTube needs that money to thrive, so as they need that money to thrive, and they pay their content creators, guess who's getting the pinch? Content creators. Because YouTube wants to save face, and they're going to be on the side where the most money is. So, you know, one thing leads to another. Now that's going on, it's very controversial because, see, the thing is, is that I think it's, once again, big business trying to take control of things and silence things that they don't agree with. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of us, we have a message and we deserve sponsorships because a lot of us make credible, great shows. But say, like, if it's somebody that does something willfully stupid and pretty much inadvertently causes their death or somebody else's death... I can understand that the advertising play before that, while it would be crazy in terms of dark humor, you know, it, it wouldn't look good for their image. I can understand what that problem is, but I also know that not every video that's on YouTube needs to go through that sort of thing. Some people actually make good money from YouTube. You know, they got in at the right time, they have great content, a good following and fan base that actually helps um, support them. And, you know, it's to the point where they can leave, like, a go-nowhere job and make money doing something that they love, you know, following their dream. The problem is, is that, you know, some people, I think, completely depend upon YouTube money. See, the thing is, it's like one of those things where, you know, I don't depend on it entirely. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're, like, somebody coming up, like, maybe, like, um... Any of the small YouTubers out there or mid-level YouTubers, they're not going to be able to recoup and make that money like they should. So in a way, they might have to work and go and use YouTube's monetization option and everything else. But things are so fickle. But you got to understand that this is YouTube too. Like YouTube has been a broken system for so long. And the idea of money being involved, well, you know, like anything else, usually makes it worse when it's not a stable foundation. And YouTube hasn't been stable for years. As a matter of fact... I draw a total blank wondering when YouTube was actually stable. Was it the day where you just had to sit there and wait for it to upload and you can only do a 10 minute video at one time? Is that is that when it was? Yeah, maybe that's when it was because at least then everybody had a fighting chance. But see, a lot of people came in early, did what they needed to do. And, you know, one thing led to another. Even though you could still make money off of YouTube, it's just now with all these guidelines on here, you, you can't even talk about historical facts, uh, political conflicts, or war, or, you know, natural disasters. And I mean natural disasters. It's like, hey, you know what? If you were reporting, right, on a tornado that came around, like, say, like, if you're, like, a, um, you know, an independent journalist or a civilian reporter, and you try to make ad revenue over what you've covered, your stuff is deemed inappropriate. Like, that doesn't make any sense. What What are you supposed to do? Go to, like, an F5 tornado and say, hey, you can't do this today. I'm trying to make a video so I can make some money. Like, it's an actual person. You could tell, hey, don't do it here. Like, come back on Wednesday when I don't produce something. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just like, why? You know, you, you got to, like I said, but the thing about YouTube is YouTube's doing this to save face. So they're going to make it as vague and as broad as possible. There's a reason why the J-Man show is not on YouTube. Keep that in mind, because all the stuff I cover, fuck, I would never get paid. <laughs> and 
it just it's just so outrageous and especially as highly opinionated as I am cuz god forbid they can't handle you having an opinion oh nobody can matter of fact i think i covered that in the last few episodes about how like people can't handle an opinion and they have to criticize you and categorize you because you don't follow public opinion or not public opinion popular opinion and you know we'll we'll get back into that ugly monster some other time but Still, though, I just think that, you know, just to go ahead and take away certain people who work really hard on their content. Like, I mean, actually take the time to make, like, feature-length films and put them on YouTube. And are hoping for that advertising money to recoup. And as a way of just, you know, just making money for their next film or making money to just, you know, try to, try to, how can I say, live off of a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, extra money. And they won't get it because of the subject matter doesn't appeal to certain brands. And you got to keep in mind that certain brands and product placement from these brands go into movies that are 10 times a lot more violent than some of the stuff I see on YouTube. So it's just like hypocrisy much, you know what I'm saying? But um, for those of you that are on YouTube and are making money off of it, I mean, hey, more power to you. Do the best you can, but... Don't ever depend on one system of making money. Find other ways to make money. You know what I'm saying? And keep it legal now. But find other ways to make money so you don't have to depend on YouTube's fickle monetization and everything else. Do it to the point where it's like it's a choice for you. Instead of a dependency. Because it seems like no matter how many times that YouTube tries to fix itself, it fucks itself. And the way things are going, I might as well just throw my content on there again. Well, I already have something on there. It's called J360 Live. And the thing about J360 Live is, you know, I don't make money from it. But, you know, the thing is, is this. If the option ever came and I probably wanted to, I wouldn't be able to because of, you know, my opinions and my views on certain things. But you see, the thing is, if it gets to the point where they have to silence you, silence you, silence you, you shouldn't even be there. Go on ahead and find some other place to go because you're not hurting somebody else's feelings by just expressing your feelings and stuff, you know? What if, what if you're trying to make a song and the subject matter is about the way the politics are going? That's what I think, you know? It just it doesn't make any sense to me that YouTube would do this sort of thing. But you know what, though? Some of you out there thrive on youtube a lot more than i do i mean i'm here on the soundcloud and stuff but you know if you have any two cents you want to throw on this subject matter you know talk about it on our twitter at j360 productions because i'm running out of time in the show right now but i know a lot of y'all have something to say and you can interact with us and you know it'd be nice to hear somebody else's point of views on the subject matter as for me like if i if my channel ever got taken off of youtube I wouldn't freak out about it. You know why? Because I got other places to go. It's <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And, you know, for as far as J360 Live goes, you all can interact with me on Twitch on it. Now, I don't know whether you can see the archives of it if I lose the YouTube channel, but I'll figure out a way to make it work. I usually do. But, you know, it's just unbelievable. I can imagine somebody, you know, just starting out wanting to get their career going and want to make money off of YouTube for a little bit. You know what I mean? The number one thing I would say is just mm -mm, go get a job first and then like do it on the side. And if you make money and you make the jackpot and all this kind of stuff, you know, use it wisely, but always look for another avenue. I answer to your problem, but 
hey, however y'all do it, you know, do the best you can, but just don't sit there and get suckered for the rest of your life because of YouTube and this advertiser-friendly nonsense. Not to mention, it's vague, it's been a bad idea. Hell, I don't even agree with the idea of that you gotta go on ahead and sign up for Nintendo's Creators Program just to play a Nintendo game. I mean, like, there's a reason why I haven't played any of any sort of Nintendo games myself on the Power Play or whatnot. One of my old co-hosts did, but, you know, I never did because I knew that, you know, Nintendo will go ahead and throw a copyright claim up there on you because you didn't sign up for their bullshit plan. And it's just, you know, I love Nintendo, I do, but, you know, their business practices and the way they act and shit, I don't really care, you know? It's like, I'm just chilling and interacting with the J360 Legion while playing Super Mario Bros. Well, what the hell do you want? You made your money off of this. Hell, you keep making money off of this game. You don't need to take stuff out of my pocket. You should be happy I went ahead and bought the damn thing. But, you know, they don't see it that way. And that's a problem. But, hey, that about does it for this episode of the J-Man Show today. I'd like to thank all of you for coming in and hearing me ramble and say what I need to say. I hope I made some of y'all laugh. I hope I provided some entertainment for tonight, you know. Because I don't want it to get too deep. And this show is a lot more than talking about how the 45th retrograde sucks as a president, you know. There's a lot more to this show to come. And I'm always working on tweaking it, making it better than ever. We're on the road to 20. As a matter of fact, I'm, you know, I'm one episode away from hitting 20. So I hope after I hit 20, we can go ahead and get some crossovers going and, you know, just really expand the show out and not to mention that i know a lot of y'all out there that likes to talk movies so you know feel free to drop us a line at the twitter or just send us an email at j360 productions at outlook.com you know like anything you want to discuss feel free because listener and viewer interaction is very important now i am starting to work on the multi-chat so i can hear all of you from across when i do j360 live and you are getting another episode of that tonight as a matter of fact, the game for J360 Live will be Bioshock 2. So, you know, we got some new stuff to look forward to. And episode 19 will be coming next Thursday. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're not gonna, I'm not going to risk it for Wednesday. As long as I got all this stuff going on, Thursday is going to be the day from now on. So, yeah. I had to concede that, <laughs> you know. So um, this is Jay signing off, and I hope all of you take care of yourselves. Come back next week, and we're going to go ahead and look into some something really cool. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's going to be a surprise this time. Anyways, laters.